Welcome on into the Utah Preps Zone, your podcast focused on Utah prep action, particularly football. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Had a chance during the Saturday show, which I host for the Zone Sports Network, to catch up with Sean Walker, my co-host on UPZ, to talk about the opening weekend of high school football here in the state of Utah. Wanted to let you guys hear that conversation as kind of our recap of week one. We'll be doing a preview and review podcast each week is our hope with Utah Preps Zone. So thanks for joining us. We are proudly brought to you, the Northern Utah portion of the podcast in particular, by John Watson Chevrolet. Thank them for their patronage of this podcast. So let's get to it. My conversation along with Adrian Leiser, the other co-host of the Saturday show, talking with Sean Walker from KSL.com right here on the Utah Preps Zone. You have a special guest for us. Yeah, a guy that people that listen to the Saturday show pretty regularly are probably familiar with at this point. He is a guy that works on a lot of these podcasts with me. He is the one, the only, the Sean Walker from KSL.com. Sean, how are you, sir? Jay, Adrian, it is a pleasure to be Hi, with Sean. you guys. Um, and on at the same time, thus absolutely killing, killing. I got to say, AP, you are killing my rumor then I'm trying to start that you and Jake are secretly the same person. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we tried to dispel rumors around, myths around here. Uh, Sean, of course, you do a lot of things. You're the jack-of-all-trades for KSL.com and that sports department over there. You do a great job, but you and I share a common interest and a common love for high school football here locally along the Wasatch Front. Opening night in earnest last night, of course, there was the one game between Corner Canyon and Orem on Thursday night. Give me some of your overall takeaways from opening night in high school football here locally. I mean, it kind, of, kind of like Adrian's excited for the start of the high school volleyball season, this is one of my favorite weekends of the year, guys. I love, uh, I secretly just love high school football, maybe not so secretly anymore. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of things kind of start to, to play out um, like a lot of the spots in some ways. I mean, there are some teams that are looking maybe feistier than normal, but for the most part, the favorites are winning. The top teams continue to just reload and re- re-gun. Um, and, of course, I'm talking about teams like Bingham and, and uh, Olympus Sound of 5A ranks, uh, Pleasant Grove, American Fork. I can name so many teams right now. East, um, uh, Harriman doing Harriman things with a 14-10 win over Davis. I mean, we... Yeah, I, I could name so many teams right now, but uh, I, I think I, I also want to point really quickly, just give a special shout-out to the new teams in town opening up in pretty big ways. Obviously, there's Mountain Ridge, uh, which opened with a shout-out loss to Olympus, but I want to give a special shout-out, if I could, guys, to uh, the Cedar Valley Aviators. Jake Hatch's own neighborhood team, they are. last I heard. I mean, I think there are some younger, younger Hatches that are going to find a way to transfer there in a couple of years, according to my sources. Try maybe more is, than a decade, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, what what's a decade if not a couple of years, right? I, I, time is a flat circle, Jake. Okay. But uh, Cedar Valley <laughs> opening up on the road almost came so close to knocking off Maple Mountain before the Golden Eagles pulled away 51 to 35 in that one. Um, and I really like that this new team, so I'm going to give them a special shout-out. But I don't know if I answered any of your questions there, but... That, that's kind of some of the stuff that I took away from this weekend. Sean, with Mountain Ridge, the new school, it's in the Jordan uh, School Districts in Harriman, um, right? Am I in the right spot? Sean was so, there. So they so they got blown out, obviously, by the Olympus Titans. 
But where are they drawing from? How how are they are they going to be good going forward? Is it just a young school? What's happening with that? And why were they or is Olympus just that good coming into this season? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, this Mountain Ridge team is exceptionally young. They've only got a handful of seniors on their entire roster, uh, really in their entire student body, because this is a school that, that, like you mentioned, they just opened up this year, and they're drawing almost exclusively from Harriman. I mean, Harriman High School was just bursting at the seams, um, had so many students that they really – they they almost split the two in school. I think there's a little bit of river tin boundaries that were also uh, rearranged to 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 go to Mountain Ridge. But for the most part, it's Harriman. And so when you look at that athletic department, I, I mean the HHS athletic department has been just such a well-oiled machine over the last couple of years that if you're now giving primarily upperclassmen the option, and with new schools they have the option of either staying where they're at and finishing their high school diploma and staying with their friends and that sort of thing, or going to this new school and trying to start a new tradition and a new upbringing and, and, and just sort of be the first at this school. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of kids stay at Harriman in lieu of Mountain Ridge. So you're getting the younger, the younger kids, and they've got the right attitude. They're working hard. They're doing the best they can. I think they're going to get better throughout this year. But there could be a lot of growing pains involved with this school. Um, and that maybe isn't something that we're, we're as used to happening right now with new schools on the Wasatch front. I mean, going back to Corner Canyon, which jumped in and was a state semifinalist, and I think it's second year. And uh, everybody knows what Sky Ridge did the past two years, making back-to-back state championship games. And now they're moving up to 6A. So new schools haven't always struggled. It's it's kind of an interesting dichotomy where where, you know, do, do kids want to go to the new, the the fancy, shiny new toy, or do they want to stay where they've made their friends, where they built something, where they've created this tradition and this culture? Um, and I think you're seeing a lot of Mountain Ridge slash Harriman students kind of on the the latter side of that line, if you will. Sean, sticking with that game down there at Mountain Ridge, it was a 56 nothing blowout at the hands of the Olympus Titans. But one guy who stood out in this game is a name that I think high school football fans and even college football fans here locally are going to want to know is the name of Scotty Edwards. Plays for the Titans, scored five touchdowns last night, and you were there for it. Yeah, Scotty, uh, Scotty really left his impact on that game early. On the opening drive, he has a 30-yard pick six. Then the next time he touches the ball, it's on a sack. Um, then he has another touchdown run on the Titans' next offensive possession after that. So really the first the first three times he touched the ball, he had a major impact of the game. And this is just the opening like four minutes, I think it was. Um, like you said, it ends up with, with five touchdowns. This is just an all-around athlete. I mean, he does a little bit of everything for Olympus. Uh, he can run. He can catch. He's technically a wide receiver, but he takes balls out of the backfield a lot. Uh, he plays in that defensive backfield, and he's just really good. He's just a ball hawk, really good at going up and getting the ball. Um, and then he also returns kicks and punts, you know, because, you know, if he's got an athlete, why, why would you ever want to take him off of the field? Um, so this is a kid who I think he's a, he's a three-star recruit right now, um, but I know a lot of the local schools are looking at him. BYU and Utah are both looking at him. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he wound up with the Utes, but I don't think there's anything totally confirmed right now. But he can definitely make an impact on a Division One roster somewhere, somehow. Jake, I'll go to you first, and then Sean can follow up. But what region should people be watching out for, regardless of classification? 
and also who are some players that people should be paying attention to that like Sean was just talking yeah. about the guy from Olympus Scotty but Edwards, yeah. Scotty Edwards but there I'm sure there's a lot of talent in the state individually well it's Sean I, I think you might agree with me but region four once again this year is gonna be the region to watch uh, just because oh, yeah. the the bevy of talent we have two defending state champions and two defending runners up in their various classifications in one that, region that happened in volleyball too because yeah. skyridge won the women or the girls volleyball that's what's happening with state, region four. and they moved into yes. that region too and so, corner canyon went over there as yes, well so that makes this this region four it was already tough last year but this year it's even more so sean you want any other nominees probably in that regard yeah region four is the obvious one um i also think region seven is sneaky good down in the five day ranks um with i you know camp you coming out and really going toe-to-toe with the defending 6A champs Lone Peak on their home turf last night. Um, I, you know, that's a, that's a really good team. But I, I think Reason 7 overall is going to be really deep um, in the 5A and maybe sneaky good because I know so many of the schools are based down in Utah County and we Salt Lake people. We don't like to go past that south point of the mountain very often. You're so, speaking to Adrian uh, and heart and soul right here. now. I don't ever go down there. <laughs> Adrian legitimately uh, he, he Name a street past Thanksgiving Point, and I won't know what it is. And North True story. Beck Street, and I won't know what it is. So <laughs> this is a, I'll, it, I'll one-up you. Name a street past 123rd South, and I probably don't uh, know what yeah, it is. Yeah, you're probably Sean, right we, I know you're messing with me on that. I know you remember. But I legitimately, Adrian, I will back him up on this. I've asked about things in Utah Valley before. He's like, I have no idea what, where that's what, at. What is this in Utah? He asked me like once, I think he asked me if, if Pleasant Grove was near Orem, and I was like, yeah, it is. Anyways, yeah, I probably did. Ask that. <laughs> Let me ask you guys something okay. real quick. Well, I wanted to get if you want to get the second part of your question, the players. To oh keep yeah, an eye on. the players too. Okay, yeah. so I, a couple I would throw out there, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong on these. Um, Wyatt Evertson up at Farmington High School. I think he's a legitimate D one quarterback that probably doesn't get the run that he has deserved over the years. Bryson Barnes at Milford. Uh, they're going to be playing in the two A ranks for the defending one A state champions. But Bryson Barnes, for a small school quarterback, he is all of six foot four, I believe, and and has the look of a Division One quarterback in his own right. He's won two state titles. And just knocked off South Summit 38 to nine last night. So. Correct, correct. And then one name I want to toss out from last night, Sean. This last name, I think anybody who pays attention to Northern Utah football, particularly in Cache Valley, will know this last name: Jovessa Demuni. Uh, of course, uh, Wanga Dumuni is the director of football operations at, the, at, at Utah State University. His older brother, Levani, was going to go to Stanford. Well, Jovessa's younger brother decided to go carry the ball 25 times for 198 yards and only five touchdowns as Ridgeline beat Pineview in a 58-56 to barn burner. Yeah, Jovessa Dumuni is definitely a great call out, uh, and he's going to make some big waves up there in the Cache Valley. Can I add another Demuni to your list, though, if I can, Jake? Yes. Uh, that's Raider Demuni, the, the three-star all-everything athlete from Tempe. Cousin of Joe Bessa. Yeah, he's, he's, the, uh, he's the son of uh, BYU Director of Football Operations, Jack Demuni there. Correct. So, uh, so he's another one that I would definitely put on that list. Um, and uh, I've actually got a list of week one dudes if, uh, if you want me to go down it really quick. I'll just, I'll just breeze through these for you. I have an idea of one of them for sure. I forgot to name, but go ahead. How about, how about a special shout out to Corner Kings and Van Pillinger, the uh, six foot seven and a half? It feels like I think he's only six three. Texas commit there on the defensive line. 
Uh, also, big shout out to Mike Avea, Oren quarterback, Austin Bell from Corner Canyon, Nate Redson from Lone Peak, uh, Scotty Enge- the aforementioned Scotty Edwards from Olympus, Noah Sewell's right walking boot, which was on prominent display in that Thursday night game, as was Tony, Spar- Tony Park's Thursday night replacement um, on that KJAZ game of the week. I also got a good look at uh, Creighton Cooper, Jackson Gregory, Cole Hogan, Hunter Larson, Jared McMahon, Isaac Zimmerman, Porter Freakin' Hansen from Layton, Chase Holt, and Cooper Crabtree. Uh, they were pretty much one and the same last Friday night. Caleb Campbell, Luke Haslam, because I got to throw somebody in from P-Town, represent uh, Ty Burke, Peyton Murphy, Zachary Antonino, Braden Ross, um, and as always, Jake, I know you love this special shout-out, defensive coordinator and secondary coach in account. And a partridge in a pear tree. Oh, wow, that was. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> uh, before yeah. we wrap things up, I want to ask you guys about the new system they have for most sports now. RPI is the RPI system that the UHSAA has introduced. I'll be. I know that uh, we are paying close attention to it in uh, in the volleyball ranks. Mm-hmm. But how do you think this is going to affect the regular season, if at all? Do you feel like it devalues any of the regular season in high school football, or is it going to be overall a good thing by the end of this? I I think it means that region play has been devalued to a degree now. These these regions are now essentially just going to be geographic um, scheduling alliances almost is what it's going to be if this, if, if this RPI is going to be long-term. Yeah. But I do like the fact that it should lead to more um, – equitable seeding when it comes to the playoffs we're talking the best teams if you play in let's say region four you said in volleyball they have the same issue they're having with football four of the top teams in the state projected this season are in that region well that could be a team that finishes fourth in that region might legitimately be one of the four best teams in the state well this new rpi system is going to allow it so that team even though they were fourth in their region well guess what when it comes to the high the playoff seating they're going to be rewarded for that with a high seat in the playoffs sean am i right or do you have anything to quibble with that yeah no 100 percent. i mean i think this new rpi factor is really really good for those teams uh, that play in those tough regions. You know, I call it the Westlake rule in a lot of ways because good old Westlake High School, shout out to another one of uh, Jake Hatchett's neighborhood schools out there in, in uh, Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain. I'm not sure exactly where it's at, but I think it's Saratoga. Um, but uh, Westlake was always one of those teams where you look at them and they've got some players, they've got some athletes, always got a handful of kids that sign with Division One pretty much every year but they just couldn't ever get anything going, especially in that old Region 4. And, and really, the current Region 4 is still kind of the same way, where you wonder, this, this is kind of the classic like team that's better than their record type, where they're really that good, but they're just playing so many good teams. They just happen to have you know five of the six best teams in the state playing in their same region kind of a thing. Uh, so I think it definitely helps. I think the LTA definitely helps schools like that, and that's where the main focus has been on. Uh, the one qualm I've heard about the RPI is now on the flip side um, with teams that maybe don't necessarily play in the strongest region. And it's really hard to elevate region play beyond, you know, your own program. You know, if, you, if you're a coach at, at say, Roy High School, you, you can't elevate uh, region, region one play beyond what, what you're actually doing. Um, that kind of thing. And so the RPI now 
40% of it is based off of what you do and stuff that you can control, your wins and losses, your uh, all, all that sort of thing. But you're also taking a factor and and you're you're taking a factor that you can't control and that your opponents and how they play and how they schedule and and that sort of thing and you're putting that now into something as pivotal as the playoffs which is what everybody cares about every year um so taking taking something that you know a team can't necessarily control and and having it play such a vital role in their schedule that's kind of the main qualm that i've heard about the rpi now maybe this all gets worked out and and you know, it just leads to, to better, you know, better region matchups and, and teams going out and scheduling better during non-region play uh, and, and that sort of thing. This thing came to the scene so late that I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of that with this year's schedule. Um, but maybe in, in future years and down the road, you'll see that start to even out a little bit more. But that's, that's kind of the main, I think, the main quibble that I've heard with the new system. All right. Well, yeah, we'll be tracking it. We'll be doing more of this on the Saturday show. I think it's a good day to do it because it is the night after these games all yeah, go definitely. final. So we'll do it more throughout this season. Week one in the books. Sean, can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. We'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, Sean. Adrian, next week we'll talk uh, girls volleyball. Sounds good. There you go. Sean Walker with myself, Jay Catch, and Adrian Leiser on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Sean had quite the list of dudes, our studs and duds. We had a number of them uh, passed out. I'm going to run down some of the names from you guys that sent in responses to this. Uh, Brett McCormick at Corman Storman said, Austin Bell and Josh Wilson of Corner Canyon. Two great picks there. A great opening night win for the Corner Canyon uh, Chargers. Uh, Mama Haas says, Marks of Farmington High. I'm not sure what his first name is. He's a kicker and a punter. He had a 48-yard field goal and a 50-yard punt in their 47-7 win over Timpanogos. Says that Marks will be on the Under Armour All-American team and is ranked number 7 punter in the nation. He is not committed yet. So now I had to keep an eye on from Mama Haas there at Mama Haas on Twitter. Uh, Sean did a great job on the Utah Prep Zone uh, Twitter feed at Utah Prep Zone of putting out a highlight video of Week 1 action that he has collected at KSL.com. So check that out. Please follow us there. Uh, Josh Sub at Sub Snack says, Nate Ritchie at Lone Peak. Hashtag game changer. He absolutely is right. Uh, Nate Ritchie is just a true all-around football player. There's no doubt that that kid can play ball. So thanks for all of you who have supported the podcast so far in our Neophyte stage, but please follow along at Utah Prep Zone on Twitter. You can find all of the podcasts on 1280thezone.com, and soon enough they will be available on all major podcatchers if they're not already. So thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week. Sean Walker and myself previewing week two action in high school football around the state. Got a couple of interviews we're hoping to play as well. So a lot to get to next week right here on Utah Prep Zone. Until then, enjoy whatever's left of your weekend and get ready for another fun week of Utah Prep action next Friday. See ya.